Hello, everyone. <laughs> this is a little spooky. <laughs> this is a podcast about things that scare us a little bit. Things like aliens, cryptids, conspiracies, or having a nightmare that you are going to be late for class, even though you haven't been to school in 10 years. My name is Everett. My name is Collar. Collar. Now you're doing Collar. I have that nightmare probably weekly. Um, in case this is anyone's first episode, it's Colleen. It's Colleen. Colleen. Yes, my name is Colleen. Yes. Well, how how are you darn today, though, Colleen? I'm darn pretty good. <laughs> darn great. I'm darn. Go on YouTube and just search how you darn. It's going to be a compilation of clips from Norbit. Pretty funny. But all right. What are we talking about today, Colleen? Today we are redeeming the underdog of last week's cryptid battle extravaganza. They got Wait, the crown ripped let me, from them. Let me guess who. Spring Hill Jack. No, God, gross. I don't want to give that rapist any of our time. Who? Who? We. What? Are redeeming the Hopkinsville goblins. Mm, them. Yes, them. <laughs> and I think by the time I'm through explaining, you will understand why I chose them over Bigfoot. I am familiar with the story, but I- Are you? I mean, to a point, I suppose, but I still do think that Bigfoot would beat them in a battle. But maybe I'll change my mind. I don't know. Honestly, you probably won't change your mind. I might have changed my mind a little bit after doing this research, <laughs> but I refuse to admit it. So um, well, let's let's hear it. OK, this is one of the most well-documented and significant UFO slash extraterrestrial sightings ever. It's like super well-documented. You can find. Original statements, you can find images of police statements, you can see original drawings. It's super interesting. Hell yeah. This story takes place on August 21st, 1955 in a small, small, small town called Kelly, Kentucky, which is pretty much adjacent to Hopkinsville. Okay. If you look up Kelly on a map, you don't see anything. <laughs> it's just, you just see a highway. So when you look up Hopkinsville, the map scrolls down about two inches and you see a teeny tiny little town. It was pretty small. The 2010 census puts it at around 30,000 people. So I imagine in 1955, it was probably closer to half that. Yeah, I mean, we, I could be wrong. I didn't look up the population in 1955, but I imagine it was a fairly small community back then. Just to give you a picture of what Hopkinsville is like in 2020, the map shows that Hopkinsville consists of a Walmart. Boo. A Chick-fil-A. Boo, but also I wish. A Trail of Tears Memorial Park. That's unfortunate. And a Buffalo Wild Wings. Okay, I guess. Yeah, I mean, it's really all you need to survive in, in America. Well, Walmart for sure, yeah. Right. If anyone's from Hopkinsville and wants to, like, defend your town or, you know, tell us... Or if, you're, good stuff or if you're a it. goblin. Yeah, or if you're a goblin, contact us. Let us know what it's like, because the only information I have is what I gleaned from this story in Google Maps. Sure. Now, Kelly, Kentucky, on the other hand, as I said, it's not even labeled in Google Maps. It just shows a highway. I imagine it was either the exact same in 1955, or perhaps there were even less people living in there. But this story takes place in a three-room unpainted house with no running water, no TV, no radio, no telephone, and no books. They didn't paint the house, so what'd they do? <laughs> well, I mean, it gets better. 
because inside this unpainted house with absolutely zero methods of entertainment, there was the Sutton family, which consisted of 50-year-old Glennie, her two sons and their wives. So that's five right there. Her brother-in-law. So that makes six. And then three of Glennie's younger children, which were like ages 11, nine, and seven. Like young. Wait, she was 55 though? She was 50. Oh, 50. Yeah. But I mean, she had quite a few kids and it sounds like there was quite a bit of a gap between the two oldest sons and the three younger kids. Okay. So there's nine people living in this house, living there. But at the time of this story, there were actually 11 people staying in the house because there was a family friend named Billy Ray and his wife. And they were visiting from Pennsylvania. They were visiting Lucky, who is Glenny's son. Who worked with them at a carnival? Why were they Why were they visiting? If there's absolutely nothing to do, <laughs> <laughs> you are asking the wrong question. But you can imagine from this situation that these these got to be a hearty people, down to earth American folks. Do you know if they were like very conservative religious or something? Where like you know, like the Dutch Amish, where they like refused to have electricity. I don't think that was the case. I think this was just 1955. I mean, I know, like, country. obviously TV wasn't, like, in every household by then. But right. It is surprising they wouldn't have a radio or books. Or, or books, yeah. But, um, or running water, you said? Or running water. That running water. I mean, if you're in a tiny town. That's true. That's true. They And they have a well. I mean. Right. Yeah. I do. I think the, the lack of books being pointed out is a little odd, especially the lack of radio as well. Just because I'm thinking in 1955, if you don't have a TV which I imagine not everybody had a TV. No, no. I mean, I seem to remember my mom telling me the story of when she got her first TV, and that was like in the early 70s. The point is, these are some Yeah, very some country har- folk. hardy people. Yes. I mean, it, honestly, it doesn't even really seem like their lives were consistent with 1955. Like, it seems they're still living in frontier like, days. Yeah, that's what it sounds like. Yeah, the local police chief... From Hopkinsville, the one who took this family's statement, said the story itself is ridiculous. But the one thing that gave the story credibility is that there's no way these people would ever run to the police for any reason. If there was an issue, these sorts of people generally grab their gun and yeah, sort it out and themselves. and themselves, yeah. Exactly. And you will hear that's how they first attempt to handle this situation. But the point is... It, even the local police chief took them seriously enough due to the fact that he, I mean, I'm sure he was aware of these these people in such a small town. Right, yeah. Um, so that's just one thing that lends this story credibility, just to keep that in the back of your mind. In addition to the fact that it was 11 people, which is hard to keep one story straight among 11 people. Right, yep. When this encounter was over, all 11 of them booked it down to the police station it was noted that they were absolutely terrified and that one of the men had a heart rate of 140 beats per minute. So you can tell that whatever occurred, they believed sure, yeah. in their story 100%. Okay, this is the story. It's 7 p.m. at this little house in Kelly, Kentucky. It's a hot, hot and sunny evening, and Billy Ray, the visitor, went out to the family well to get some water. Okay. As he's pulling up the bucket from the well, he sees this giant silvery object pass silently over the house. Okay. And then just drop out of the air. One of them newfangled TVs? <laughs> it could have been. 
But it, he he sees it. He's like, whoa, holy shit. He runs into the house and he tells the family. And of course, they all laugh at him. And he I'm sure he brushed it off and was like, I probably just imagined it. Yeah, like, it's hot. Right. But an hour after this incident, the family dog starts barking hysterically. Billy and Lucky, they open the back door and they see this strange glowy haze. And in the middle of it, there was a three and a half foot tall creature that had an almost perfectly round oversized head, arms that reached all the way to the ground with huge talons. And it had oversized eyes that glow with yellowish light. So does that sound like a stereotypical alien to you? Well, I, I do know that these are the inspiration for Sableye, the Pokemon, and I am just envisioning this without crystals for eyes, basically. <laughs> yes, actually, yes, kind yeah. of like that. But the thing is, this is where that stereotype of what, like, the greys comes from. There has never been a mention of an alien that looks like this until this story in 1955. Like, the big eyes, big right. round head, small body. Sure. Yeah. Raise. So this is the origination of that, which is another point in their their favor because they would not have heard of they, previous. They don't have books anyway. <laughs> I'm sure they're not completely cut off. Like they live by Hopkinsville. Someone there has a radio. Sure. But they they would not have heard of this particular stereotype of like the little green aliens. Right. This is coming directly from their imaginations, or they're seeing it. In, in for in real life. In this initial description, did you say what color the goblin was? So they said that it was a silvery color. Okay. Shiny silvery. Okay. The little green men thing was a conflation of this story and another story that happened a little bit later where a lady saw some similar man alien thing that was green. Okay. And then it all kind of you yeah. know, became lore. But the lucky and Billy specifically say that it was very shiny silver. Okay. So, I mean, gray. That's yeah. Grays. Basically, they described a gray. Except, yeah, except the grays in other stories don't have the long arms with claws Talons. on them. Yeah. Wait, I have a question just about the description, too, because what sure. I remember from the story, because I knew a little bit about it, don't they have ears, too? So, the drawings. Yeah, I remember seeing a drawing. The drawings have ears, and I have, I will post pictures of that. Um, so that's different from like grays of modern day yes, today. Yeah, too. they're kind of like, you know, like the, the ears themselves kind of look like like when you look at it from the front, they kind of look like great horned owl. You know, those little feathers. Mm -hmm. that kind of like little kinda, almost like little horns. Yes. But then from the side, they look like big, giant, giant ears. Are they shaped like a they're pointy? They are pointy. Okay. Mm -hmm. And they go above the head like they're like horns. They're they're giant. Right. But the head is still perfectly round. And the body is exactly as I've described it. Arms almost to the ground with claws, three feet tall. And actually, this drawing, they have very defined pecs. Ooh, as well as some nice biceps. Their mouths are just like one big line. So basically, imagine Pac-Man with giant ears and like a nice bod. <laughs> <laughs> so 3D Pac-Man, not just uh, yes. the side-scrolling mouth. Yes, exactly. Okay. What do you think their first instinct was upon seeing such? There was only one. There was one. They opened the door, glowy light, one alien. Uh, well, I know what my first instinct What would, would your be. instinct be? If, I'm curious. If this was 1955 and I was in the same exact situation, I would probably try to talk to it. But if it doesn't respond, I would probably try and leave. Okay. But mm, 
I'm guessing they're going to shoot it. Yes. <laughs> Lucky and Billy immediately grab guns and start shooting it, which I imagine they must keep their guns literally just leaning against the door. I don't know if you said how far away it was, but if they had a very clear view of what this was and that it was something that was obviously dangerous looking, then I probably would get it and might do the same too. But like if there's any, you know, doubt that it could be a person, I would I wouldn't be shooting. Judging from the drawings, they had a very clear view of what it was. I mean, they they made a point of saying it was directly standing directly in front of their back door. So they open the door and it's like it's like if somebody knocked on your door. And you open the door and they're right there. Okay. So they immediately grab their guns and they shoot it, which you think would be the end of that alien, but turns out bulletproof. So how's Bigfoot going to rip through that shit? (laughs) Wait, so did the bullets just like ricochet off? Yep. Okay. So they shot like a bunch of times at it, but it raised its hands up. Like, don't shoot. Hello. Um, And then it did a backflip and ran away. Hell yeah. Exactly. (laughs) Like leprechaun. Yeah, like a trickster, a prankster. Yes, but no, like the movie Leprechaun. Do you remember there's like a scene where he does like an actual little hee-hee yeah, backflip? Yeah. That's what this was. <laughs> he raised his hands to be like, I'm here in peace. And then he did a backflip and just ran away. I like him. <laughs> <laughs> well, right after that, another one showed up Okay. in a side window, which they specified that it was not the same one. I imagine they looked the same, but... It couldn't have like gotten from point A to point B right. fast enough. Then again, this is an alien. So it, sure. Yeah, yeah. The assumption is that it's the second one. So it showed up like peeking into a side window of the house. Hello, fuckers. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and Lucky and Billy did the whole like shoot first, ask questions later. My or question ask is no like, questions later. Right, ask zero it. questions. I feel like, man, they must have ruined a lot of windows and walls. Well, I mean, they if didn't you're even paint the house, I don't care. True, true. They probably would have to. There's Take their horse into town to get some more grease I, paper. Yeah. I, guarantee, I guarantee there's already bullet holes in the walls of this A valid house. point. Anyways, they shot at that one, but that one, again, bulletproof, does the same little hee-hee flip and runs away. Glenny, the family matriarch. So far, only two people have seen these, Lucky right. and Billy Ray. Glenny, though, once the shooting started, all of the... People in the house got freaked out yeah, like and the started like, barricading on. themselves, assuming, you know, Lucky and Billy Ray got this covered with their guns. Right. And they are probably assuming it's like just uh, like a robber or something or someone. Yeah, they have to... no idea what's happening. Right. So Glenny just like grabs her three younger children and they're like kind of crouching down in a hallway. So she actually saw one approaching the back door. Like she was crouched down. She sees this silvery metal thing come down the back door. And now at this point, the entire family has seen it because they're shooting at one in a window. Glennie and her kids see one through the back door. I imagine the other adults. I mean, it's a three bedroom house. So if you don't see it in one direction, you're going to see it in the other direction. I shouldn't say three bedroom, three room house. Oh, well, yeah. I mean, I guess if they don't have running water, there's probably no like bathroom. Yes. They probably have an outhouse or something. I'm imagining like a kitchen, a family area And and a bedroom. So the point is, if they're in like a tiny three bedroom house, some people are shooting through a window at one alien. The rest of them are either going to see that alien or the one at the back door. Right. So we know there's at least two. At least two, but most likely three. Most likely three. So the entire family by now has seen this and they all corroborate those exact same facts. All 11 of them from Glenny to the seven year old. So to me, that is 
a point in their favor because I don't know if you've ever tried to listen to a seven year old tell a story, but generally the facts don't match up. No. <laughs> so after this, they shoot at the second one, it does the flip, it runs away, everything goes silent. I'm not sure what happened to the one that Glennie saw standing at the back door. I imagine when the shooting started, it probably also ran away, judging from the conduct of the previous two. Right. Billy Ray. Cyrus. Sure. That's kind of actually, every time I read this, I picture Billy Ray Cyrus as this guy. And honestly, it makes sense. I'm sure there's at least one mullet happening. (laughs) So Billy Ray steps outside the door to like, you know, peek his head out and see if it's all clear. And as he peeks his head out, a claw reaches down off the roof and grabs his hair and whips his head back. And there's actually like a short tug of war between the alien and Glennie. And like Glennie grabs Billy Ray. So it is safe to assume there probably was a mullet involved if the hair was long enough to grab. (laughs) It would not surprise (laughs) me. But were there mullets in 1955? I mean, I don't think they were called mullets, but. I I feel like if we're talking small town 1955, he had a ducktail for sure. Ooh. Anyways, the family wins the tug of war. And Lucky, once Billy Ray is free, Lucky shoots at it. Yeah. Obviously. So that creature and another one that were in a nearby tree floated to the ground. Like they they floated like a feather floating to the ground. Hmm. And then they scuttled away. When you, I mean, obviously you weren't there, but right. when they say floated down, I'm wondering if they like kind of just jumped off and just kind of like Mary Poppins float, or is it more like flying squirrel, like take I a think dive? It's more- Flying squirrel, but not take a dive, but like float, like, like maybe like a like Superman, a, like a Canada goose coming down from its. Okay, is 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 it like in the shape of like an airplane, I'm not or is sure he just the, like floating down? Like that I didn't. That I don't know, but I'm kind of picturing more of a Mary Poppins situation where it's like they Slowly jump, but falling. it's like it's like in slow motion. Okay, that's how it was. They was described as floated to the ground. So, so far we've seen there's one on the roof, there was one in the window, there was one at the front door, there was one at the back door, and then there was the one that um, jumps out of the tree. So that's- How how much time has lapsed, though, between the initial shots and the one that jumped from the tree? Because I'm just wondering if it could have been like one of the same first ones that climbed the tree. And it could have. It definitely could have. I don't actually have the entire like sure. actual time. I, I, just I, don't imagine, wanna... I imagine it's like 15 to 20 minutes max. Okay. So it could have been one of the same ones and it just moved. Like it, Yes. So that doesn't mean there's five. It could still be like three of them. Right. And there's a, we know there's more than one. For sure. I'm just I'm just trying to keep track of how many right. there are for sure. My assumption, five. But okay. after this, I mean, the Suttons and Billy Ray and his wife, they all go back into the house and they barricade themselves in there because. With what? I, well, I don't. The guns. <laughs> they only have guns. <laughs> but they sat in that house for four hours listening to your movements to see if it was safe to go outside. Like they're terrified. Yeah. But at 11 p.m., things quieted down enough and they gained enough confidence that they opened the door, sprinted to their cars, and then sped to the Hopkinsville police station. Okay. 
Because where else are you going to go? Like, who do you tell about this? Right. So the police listen to them, see that they're obviously terrified and go to the home and they do a thorough check. But the only evidence they can find is like the shell casings and the bullet holes. Right. I mean, the police can see something occurred, whether or not it was aliens. There was something they were they were terrified about and shooting. it. Huh. Um, so they asked if the family was drinking, you know, trying to get to the yeah, like, root yeah. of this. You know, were they making some moonshine or something? Right. Turns out that Glennie has evidently banished all fun from the house. Yeah, because, I was going to say if they're banning books well, of all say, things. I don't know like, that those are banned. I just imagine they don't have time to read them. Maybe they're busy doing homesteading. <laughs> Painting the house. <laughs> the point is no alcohol. Okay. There's no alcohol. There's no drugs. There's no smoking, which is why when you asked if she was religious, I imagine the answer is yes, but not necessarily in like a not an Amish like an way. Amish community sort of way. More of just like a very conservative Southern 1955 lady kind sure. of. Sure. Okay. So all of these people were completely sober. The only thing they had to drink was well water. Apparently. Yum. After the police left, I mean, the police did their check. They looked around. They see the bullet casings. They're like, let us know if anything else happens. Mm -hmm. And you don't have a phone. So keep some access to your car, I guess. They leave. Because what are they going to do other than take a statement and look around? Right. The Suttons all kind of settle down. They're like taking deep breaths. They have to go to bed. I mean, at this point, it's like well past midnight. Right. Glennie lays down. And she opens her eyes at 2.30 a.m. And she says that there was one of them staring at her through the window, tapping at the window with its claws. Wake up, fucker. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, all I am picturing is... I get Freddy Krueger vibes, but you, like little goblin versions. I'm totally picturing Warwick Davis. Because he, yeah, yeah. he had those claws at Leprechaun. Yep, yep. So... It's like Leprechaun to an outer space. Or which ones? There's an outer space one. There's right? like six or seven. It's like of a those back movies. to the hood. Well, those are like the last couple, yeah. But point is, he's tapping at it with his claws. Waking up to see anybody tapping on your window would be off putting. I imagine. <laughs> I mean, yes, of course. So the next day, the police decide to do a checkup on the Suttons and they go back and they do a more thorough check during the daytime because when they Checked originally, it was well past midnight. I mean, yeah, and there was no light or anything. Exactly. I don't know if they believed the story, but they believed that the Suttons believed it happened. Right. As I said, they were like super put off by the fact that this family was even terrified enough to show up to the police station. I guess this sort of town is not like police are the last resort. Yeah. And like generally, I would imagine if I'm just thinking of all of the books I've read, people would be like too proud to go to the cops. Well, and also this type of family that's willing to, you know, take out all forms of entertainment are very, they're going to be very self-sufficient yes. and also probably not very trusting of cops. Yes, too. exactly. That's, that's the vibe that I got. Yeah. So the cops think it's legitimate enough to go back and do another check. They're looking for the UFO print. They were looking for footprints. They were looking for maybe like blood from one of the goblins because the goblins got shot a bunch, yep. but bulletproof. And a local radio station came down and they had somebody make drawings of what the aliens looked like, looked like based on what the Suttons said. Right. Which are those drawings I described earlier. It's basically Pac-Man with like some nice pecs and nice biceps. <laughs> 
super long arms, claws, and like big kind of bat wing ears. Okay. One other thing in their favor, the police chief commented that all of them had remarkable consistency in their story. They were all questioned separately and asked to write separate statements, and they were all exactly the same and exactly the same amount of specificity. Which, again, they were in the house for hours. Right. All barricaded well, together. But the thing is, if it's the exact same th- amount of speci- specificity, did they rehearse it? Right. That's that's what I'm... I did not read every single right. report. Obviously, yeah. like, I shouldn't say exact same amount of specificity. But the point is, everybody was equally detailed in what they saw, and they all described the same thing. But, you know, from different perspectives. Right. Yep. I mean, even if they had spent four hours rehearsing this story whilst barricaded in their house, or if they had planned it even for like weeks in advance to just one day hoax, start a hoax in this town, I find it incredibly difficult that 11 people would be able to be so consistent over such a long period of time and such a, a variety of ages. I'm talking like the seven, nine, twelve year olds. I mean, I can't even. I mean, I I don't really think they would fake it either, just because there's not really anything to gain from it. Exactly. So this pretty much immediately became a worldwide phenomenon because once the radio stations got a hold of it, then the newspapers got a hold of it. It got everywhere. I mean, it was such a well documented case that people just went crazy over it, and that's essentially how we come to view aliens the way we do. There have been a lot of investigations about this incident over the years. Wait, did anything happen after the one woke up? What's her face by tapping on her window? No, not that. Uh, she, they stayed in the house. And then in the morning, the police came again. Oh, okay. I didn't read anything further. Oh, okay. It. I was just curious because it. I mean, they couldn't have called the cops. So I imagine it just eventually left if it wasn't going to break into the window. Right. Yeah, no, I was just curious because we just kind of stopped talking about it. So Yeah, no, and that's the the way the story is. So that's the entire incident. It's one incident with approximately five or six, if if the one tapping on the window is a completely new one. Yeah. There's between three and six aliens. Sure. It all occurs between 8 p.m., and 2.30 a.m. Yeah. So it's just, it's very strange that somebody would come up with a hoax of that of that nature occurring at such a very short period of time with no even like attempted evidence other than the bullets. Right. To me, I think this family story is credible. I think so too. I mean, just because, yeah, I don't think if they wanted to keep to themselves, like they don't really have anything to gain from it other than potential popularity, which they probably don't want anyway. Right. Like these are not the sort of people who want people like showing up on their land. Right. Yeah. So that's in their favor. Believability. But I like to look up the pros and cons, the fours and against. And there have been a bunch of investigations of this incident over the years because it's been so well documented. So there are theories for and against. We'll start with the against. Mm-hmm. Point number one, no physical evidence. I mean, other than the bullet casings and they took the heart rates of a couple of the people as like evidence that they were actually legitimately terrified, but there's no evidence of aliens, no right. specific evidence. Right. Point number two, in the days following the incident, hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of people came to, to their land to see where it happened because it became like a worldwide phenomenon. Allegedly the family hated this 
And they put up like no trespassing signs and they did everything they could. I imagine they their guns were involved. Possibly. Um, sure. But event I mean, like people are persistent. Eventually they realized everything they did was ineffective. So what they started to do was charge admission. So it was fifty cents to just come onto the property. It was a dollar to ask any questions, and it was ten dollars to take pictures. So was this all a ploy for attention and money? I I mean eventually eventually yes it was, but the question is It was eventually profitable. Yes. You could argue that they did all this in order to it's just it's an interesting I mean interesting hustle if that's what your goal is. I feel like though I mean I guess that is a possibility they could have that could have been the plan from the start, but I don't really think they could have foreseen it being right. as popular as it was. Honestly, with that sort of story, I would imagine the cops would laugh at me and be like, leave. And then right. anybody else I told the story to, they'd be like, you're an idiot. And I mean, at this point in history, I mean, like sideshows and gigs like that are definitely nothing new. Right. But didn't you at some point mention one of the people involved of the Eleven was like involved in a circus Lucky, somehow? Lucky, the son, and Billy Ray and his wife were involved in a carnival carnival i don't know what that means i don't know what their positions at the carnival were because at this point i mean i know sideshow type stuff was slowly being phased out by i'm sure if they worked in that kind of scene that was something that they have been exposed to so i guess that's always a that's that's another against point too or maybe they were thinking we can kind of profit by just having people say this is where this story happened or something it's to me it's just I will personally be too nervous to go around telling everybody in my small neighborhood that I've seen an alien. And then just you'd have to plan for the fact that people would believe you enough to put it on the news. And that news story would go big enough to go like nationwide and then worldwide. Do you know what I mean? Like, sure. But in 1955, you know, alien sightings were not really a thing yet either. So. You know, maybe they were thinking this is something that's, you know, could be profitable because no one's done it. True, true. But I mean, just judging from what the cops said, like the cops' no, first impression. And I don't think that they thought I don't that. Think I'm so just either. saying that's a possibility. I obviously, I don't know this family. Just from what I picture is this is a family that wants to be left alone. Otherwise, yeah, but eventually, why would you live in But eventually they were no longer being left alone. Right, so, they so why not they might profit well take off your money. inconvenience? Yeah. I mean, like I'd do it. So the third point against them is that in 2006, an investigator named Joe Nickel reviewed all of the evidence, and he came to the conclusion that the spaceship that Billy had originally seen while he was getting water was actually a meteor because there were several other meteor sightings at that time on that day. And he suggests that the aliens themselves were actually great horned owls. I mean, they're big. They're big. They've got the... Pointy horns, big eyes, the round heads. They've got long talons. They're not bulletproof. (laughs) They are not bullet. That's exactly. So that's what I have written down. Like you would think that with all of the shooting they were doing, especially since they said they were in such like point blank range, they would have gotten one of them. And also, why would there be like a swarm of horned owls? And also. If they've been living there for a while, I'm sure they know what yes, owls look exactly. like. exactly. That's the other thing I've written down. You would think a family of nine people plus two extra people who live in a three-room shack in the middle of the woods with no TV, no radio, no books, they've, no entertainment of any kind. Yeah. They have seen a great horned owl. Yeah. So, I mean, like, I live, we live in Duluth. I've seen an owl before. 
I could tell you what an owl is. Now, if I saw one outside my window at 2.30 in the morning and all I saw was the eyes, yes, that would freak me out. Right. But if we're talking 8 p.m. on a summer night in Kentucky. Yeah, it would still be light out at that point, or at least dusk. Yes, light enough that I feel like you'd be able to tell it was an owl. And if you didn't, one of the 10 other people in the house would be able to, because everybody claimed that they saw it. So the people who defend the story say that they fully trust the word of Glenny and her family for the same reasons that we basically have said we did. She's right. like a no-nonsense older lady, 50, <laughs> an older lady, wow. age 50. No-nonsense older woman. She hated attention. She had absolutely no reason to lie. None of the, the family members or witnesses, Billy Ray, his wife, they've never made previous allegations of this kind ever. Mm-hmm. They were never mentioned in any police reports. There's no stories about them. People didn't say anything weird. Like, this family is weird. They believe yeah. in, you know. And I assume that none of them really did anything similar since then either. I did not read. But I feel, I feel like that would be a major point that would be brought up in any source, though, is if, you know, similar claims were made by any of them after this event. Right, because they're worldwide right names now or at least the sutton family name is a a well-known name i don't i just don't see a reason for them to lie it doesn't seem to be in the character of these sorts of people to just make up a story for profit and also why would they shoot up their own home shoot through the windows they even had air force or military or army officers come in and they found no evidence of a hoax like this was well studied afterwards Hmm. And I mean, like, like I said earlier, you'd think with like four hours of constant shooting and barricading, they would have taken down at least one owl if it was an owl or an animal of some kind because they ain't bulletproof. One, one inconsistency, too. I mean, there, there would be a lot of similarities in like how an owl, a great horned owl looks similar to what they describe this goblin as. But they're not going to have long arms with claws at the end that reach their you know feet. Like, well, I mean, you would see the claws. And right. I, but the wings I, would. I mean. But, when folded down. Yeah, I guess. But weren't the claws on the arms, though, when yes. they saw them? Yeah. And honestly, looking at the picture, I can see the similarity with the owl in the head. Yeah. But it has a human body with some righteous pecs. So I, I don't I've never been attracted to an owl before. But yet <laughs> could have anything could happen. There was one other alternative explanation that honestly I think is like more preposterous than the actual alien theory. And that is that a test, (laughs) a rocket full of test flight monkeys crashed in the area. And that's what the families. (laughs) (laughs) Were were there any test flight monkeys missing? I was like, again, nothing was. I mean, they even had Air Force people come through. You'd think people from the Air Force would know people who know about rocket monkeys. (laughs) I mean, if that, wait, who brought up that point? Um, It was, I don't have a specific name. That's another. I'm just, I'm just wondering if that's even something that's listed as a possibility. Maybe since the military was involved, maybe they were looking for monkeys. Maybe. I don't know. Yeah. Even then you got a group of monkeys and you're shooting all over your house. You got multiple guns shooting in multiple directions. You wouldn't get a single one. Right. I will say though, it makes more sense visually that it would be a monkey over an owl just yes. because of the arms reaching reaching the uh, floor, like longer arm length. Yep, and the round head and the ears. I mean, like, ears and would the pecs be a little and the biceps. True, pecs and biceps. Yeah. So there, there was no mention of a tail in any of the images. 
I feel like well, if you send a dark. monkey to space, you got to take the tail off. They use the tail for motion, moving around. I like guess. I'm gonna say they're more aerodynamic if you take the tail. Yes. <laughs> so that's the story. The Hopkinsville goblins are three foot tall pack aliens with bulletproof skin and giant claws, and you cannot tell me that if they wanted to, they wouldn't be able to take down a motherfucking Bigfoot. I mean, okay. I don't know. Because how are they bulletproof? Is it because they are able to like withstand great force but they i imagine they still need to breathe in some capacity bigfoot could just lay on top of them and just suffocate them to death well (laughs) i mean i guess but they'd have to lay still and you'd have to lay on all six of them let's assume there's six not i just i just don't think there's enough known about these goblins to say they could be bigfoot i mean you get six muscular bulletproof toddlers you want to you want to hear some trivia that I just kind of thought of because of these goblins and Sableye? Sure. And this is actual trivia. This is not going to be a joke. So, so nobody <laughs> believes you. <laughs> no. So Sableye is based on these creatures, and they gave it a typing of dark and ghost type. When mm-hmm. combined together, it has several invulnerabilities against other types, but no weaknesses as well until fairy type was introduced several generations later. But I just think it's interesting because the goblins are bulletproof and this Pokemon has no weaknesses. It's the nerdiest load of shit. I've- well, I'm, I'm just saying it's interesting that that worked out that way. I wonder if it was intentional. It could or- have been. I mean, how much research do you think they do when creating such a lot for more, each more, one yeah more than you think there's a lot of war involved and- <laughs> i mean i guess that doesn't surprise me my final thought on this i think is more of a commentary on the suttons themselves but these aliens just like politely came originally just politely came up to the door oh yeah he put his hand up yeah, he one. put his hands up and everything. I mean, like he they could have been asking for some directions. Or and just, just took a gun trying to make make initial contact and then we're just responding by trying to kill them. Right. So do you think that like our our reputation in the Galactic Federation of Aliens is that we're like the Klingons of the universe? Or we're just the dumb fucks that no one should ever even pay attention well, to. Well, it's just we we have weapons of destruction. That's the first thing we go well, to. But, but the thing is, Regardless they're not of any destructive piece. because they're bulletproof. So it's well, like, right, right. maybe they view us as like cavemen well, because we just haven't advanced enough to even harm them. Right, right. But the thing is, it's just it's interesting to me because it's very clear in hindsight that if it was aliens, they had no intention of causing any harm. They didn't enter the house right. at all. Yeah. They like, you know, in, in and even that of, last one, just tapping on the window, even though it looks frightening. Yes. They're just trying to like say, hey, we're still here. We want to yes. talk. Now, the tug of war, the human tug yeah, of war. Yeah, that's true. I can't really explain that one away. But at the same time. And they could just be trying to fight back, too, yeah. because they, yeah. So. Or they're rude. like the leprechaun and they're just trying to cause mischief. Right. It's just the Suttons could have been a little more subtle. They could have invited them in for tea. They don't or, have tea. They don't <laughs> um, have books. <laughs> they Who are you kidding? <laughs> they, they have well water, and that's, that's it. That's a valid point. 
So that's the story of the Hopkinsville Goblins. I great story, honestly. Of I, just, all- I wish there was more, though. I mean, I know obviously this is something that really happened to this family, whether you believe it's aliens or not. Yeah. But I just wish like it ended with like a shootout, like an actual shootout or something, or other further sightings, right? And not just like them barricading and themselves in. Honestly, there may have been, but because this became such a stereotype, I feel like in the future, if anyone says they see a little big-eyed, round-headed alien. You didn't see that. That's like, you know, that's what you've heard an alien looks like. Right. Do you know what I mean? So yeah. Like, it's possible that these aliens have been sighted. It's just not by the Suttons. Yes, they only saw them the one time. Though, to be fair, if I was a Hopkinsville goblin, no way am I going back to that house. No. I'm just, I'm just <laughs> saying, with this one encounter, I wish it ended in a different way. That's all No, I completely agree with you. I wish there was more... I wish there was more proof. Like even even if there was just like a like, like a, a UFO imprint or just a footprint from the goblins. Yeah, to- like scratch marks, anything. Yeah. Anything. I honestly of all of them, I believe it. I believe this family. Maybe I shouldn't, but I do. It just It's it definitely seems- more believable than a lot of other famous alien stories. Yes. So, entertainment value I'm giving it a 10 out of 10. You always go 10 out of 10. Because I was entertained. But there's no closure, no evidence. I'm giving it. Entertainment. I know. I wanted to be entertained with like a a climax to this arc. I give it a 7. Okay, that's fair. Believability factor. I'm giving them 7.5 or 8 out of 10. Yeah, I was going to say 8. I I maintain some skepticism. I, I guess it there could are, be owls. Yeah, there's, well, I mean, it's possible. There are, There's a lot of possibilities in this yes. situation, but, but the, it definitely does seem more believable than, you know, the fire in the sky story. And Yes, it's just, I believe the family. Yeah, I don't think they would have any other motivations that would cause them to report this story. Right, and I I cannot believe that they made it up to profit for 50 cents per person walking onto their I don't think that was the initial intent. That's the Hopkinsville Goblins, and, um... Goblin these nuts! Jesus Christ. Anyways, that's that story. Liked it, and I still think I maintain that they would have crushed a Bigfoot. Well, if you're listening, tell us what you think. Who would win, Bigfoot or let's just say five of these goblins? Yeah, five goblins versus one Bigfoot. Big, Stereotypical Bigfoot, yeah, like Bigfoot, like seven that, to like nine that feet picture tall. You see of that gorilla man, even yeah. though we all know that's a fake picture, right? But that's Bigfoot. Yeah, seven to nine feet tall, muscular, hairy dude, hairy monkey man. Tweeted at us. Tweeted at us. Which one you believe would win? Yeah, or any social media. Yes. Um. Well, we'll we'll. Well, it's, we're talking about now. Let's just do the quick plug. Nerd Sloth HQ on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. And if you want to email us, it's contact at nerdsloth.com. Yes. And we would love to hear um, any spooky stories you've got. They don't have to be about aliens. They don't have to be about cryptids. They don't have to be about ghosts. It's just got to be something spooky that happened to you. Just something personal to yes. you, though. That's all we're asking. Yeah. This week, we do not have a listener story, unfortunately. So please send us your listener stories. But I came across an article today that came out today. So you're going to know when we're filming this or recording this now because you could today, Google it. December 8th, uh, 2020. The shroud of mystery has mystery been lifted. Has, yeah. At first, I saw this on The Mirror. 
which is yeah, not a reputable no, website. No. Then I go and I look at it. It's on NBC News, Reuters, The Guardian, The Denver Channel, Snopes, IGN. Well, okay, Snopes. I guess I don't even know what the story is going to be, but if it's on Snopes, they're going to say, is it real or fake? So, so here's, here's the story. Former Israeli space security chief says extraterrestrials exist and Trump knows about it. I mean, I will say if they do exist, of course, Trump knows about it because it's something that would have most likely been communicated to him being president. Right. Okay. so here's the here's the the gist. This man, his name is Haim Ashed. Okay. I believe that's how it's pronounced. Please forgive me if it is. If that was butchered. He has a doctorate in aeronautical engineering. He worked for Israel space security, rocket launchings, respected professor, retired general in the military. Okay. So fairly respected man. Yeah. People would generally take him seriously. He's retired now. He says he has nothing to lose because he's won all of his awards. He's gotten all of his degrees at this point. But one could say he's also trying to relight the flame of interest in his identity. Possibly, right. And he's bored, possibly. Well, his claim is that aliens from a galactic federation have been in contact with the government, Mm. but they have specifically asked not to publish that they are here because humanity is not ready yet. Here's the red flag. That's like that's like <laughs> a good quarter of any sci-fi movie. Yes, yes, but this man super high, I assume no. security clearance and he's like, "Hey, they told us not to tell, but like just so you know, <laughs> they're here." He claims that the aliens are curious about humans. They're trying to understand the fabric of the universe. There have been cooperation agreements signed between us and the aliens, including an underground base in the depths of Mars, where he states that there are American astronauts located as well as alien representatives. In this base on Mars. Yes. Or in Mars. Right. Under Mars. Underground on Mars. Hmm. So, okay, I'm just going to give my stance on aliens in general. I have absolutely no doubt that intelligent life exists somewhere in the universe, not on Earth, because the universe is so massive, right. it would just I'm be with more improbable that it doesn't exist. Right. I agree with you. But what I think is, unless they have some crazy technology that allows them to travel in wormholes or something, and they don't have to travel near the speed of light. Or they live for millions of years. Right. I just think it's so unlikely that any aliens have made contact with us because there's nothing nearby that would be able to habitat life. Right. But you're also constrained by earthly Well, no, that's what I mean, though. If they have some kind of technology that allows them to travel at large distances in a short amount of time that we... I right. can't even conceive well, of. We're talking al- the fact that intelligent life even exists. The possibility of them being able to reach us is equally as possible. Right. But I mean, we consider ourselves intelligent as a species, but we can feasibly have no idea how yes. to travel to another galaxy. Right. And we may never find out before our race dies or human race dies. Yeah, out. Right. 
It's basically this guy says there's an agreement between the American government and the aliens. The aliens have signed a contract with us to do experiments here. I don't know if this is like, you know, the probes and the abductions. I don't know if this is that kind of thing. There's this old story that like Eisenhower or maybe a president around that era of our history signed an agreement with aliens. Yes, I've heard that. So like we have given up some people for testing purposes in exchange for something that I don't remember. Right. Like I think it was technology in general. That's how we've advanced so much in like Air Force technology and Wi-Fi and internet and stuff. But- I guess that's the idea. Sure. I want to point one other thing out, too, before you continue. Mm-hmm. I think it's interesting that only the American government is the one that is dealing with these aliens. It's very self-centered. Well, this is an Israeli official. I know, but Israel is also, like, one of the most allied of our allies. Y- yes, I guess what I'm saying is, you know, why would he have knowledge of any other government? Well, right, but you, you said that he said only... The United States government is in dealings with these aliens, which just makes me think like. I don't think from reading this, it doesn't sound like it's restricted to the American government. But I mean, if I imagine the intelligence that he has is fairly restricted to American. That, that's and Israeli true. That's true. Intelligence. Because I mean, and again, the American government is much more powerful. Was <laughs> much more powerful that I imagine they would, we would probably strong arm anything. Well, I, I just imagine if this is real, they would probably want, you know, a representative of, you know, all of the major powers right. and not just one. And I imagine if that's the case, like if this is real, then that is the case. That would be the case. But this is my favorite part of the article. This professor adds that President Donald Trump is well aware of the extraterrestrial's existence and he's consistently been on the verge of revealing it. But people keep asking him not to in order to prevent mass hysteria. A, oh my God. Of course. Yeah. B, what, what is it? If he thinks this is going to cause mass hysteria, what the fuck is he doing giving this interview? Come on. Well, and also, Trump's on his way out. Lame duck presidency, period. I, honestly. Oh my God. If this is true, please. I, okay. I will make it very clear I am not a fan of Donald Trump. We're not going to turn this into a political thing. I'm not no, gonna talk not about at all. It. But I just but hope you to are God leaving he, the office. Please, please reveal the existence of extraterrestrials yeah. and their contact with I mean, Earth. he's already not a very credible source of information, Trump, I mean. Right, but, but of all of the things to lie about, aliens, I'm, honestly, I wouldn't put it past him. But the, the point is, now is the time. Yeah. The fabric of truth and lies in the United States is at the thinnest it's ever been. Please. Take this opportunity to tell us if they exist. Yeah. A spokesperson for the Pentagon declined to comment. Pent- the Pentagon. Pentagon. They declined to uh, comment on this. Um, NASA says that although we have yet to find signs of extraterrestrial life, we are exploring the solar system and beyond to help us answer fundamental questions, including whether we are alone in the universe. And that's it. I don't know. That's that's fresh off of the internet. Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna after we're done recording, I'm gonna read a little bit more about it. I, Honestly, I read I read multiple articles. They all say the exact same thing, and they're all fairly vague. the uh, The interview he gave was originally to a Hebrew newspaper. Okay. So I imagine that article is more in depth. But basically, all of the websites say. He has nothing to lose. He feels that now, rather than, say, five years ago, people are more likely to believe him 
than they would have. Like five years ago, they might have called him crazy, but now people are more open minded. Well, I think it's just because news in general is becoming more and more <laughs> not just news. Yeah. Again, there's plenty of reasons for this man to lie. Why not? But I don't want to believe he's lying. So I'm not going to. It's, Aliens exist. Hey, it's interesting in enough because mainstream media is reporting on it. So, I mean, they're giving him a little bit of credibility by even giving him right. the well, light I mean, of day. He's, he's clearly a well-respected. I mean, he works. And that's true. Yeah. He has a lot of the, you know, credentials of being involved in this kind of thing. Right. So that gives him another ounce of credibility. Anyways, guys, um, send if you see any interesting articles you want to throw away, send them to us. Send but, us your stories. Yeah, send us stories too, please. Um, and we hope you like this. Yeah, this one was fun. And if you have any requests for episode topics, let us know too. Yep. And Everett will be hosting the next one. And I'm also in plans for a special Christmas episode, uh, releasing on Christmas, Friday the 25th. So. Keep an eye out for a little bit of Christmas spooky. Yeah. Love you. Love you. Bye. Bye. Presented by NerdSloth, a place for lazy nerds. If you like what you heard, consider donating at patreon.com slash nerdsloth so we can continue bringing you quality shows. Be sure to also leave us a review and share your favorite episodes and clips on social media. If you're looking for more content, visit us at nerdsloth.com.